Fast Five brought to you in partnership with the AM Consumer and Retail Group, Firework, SPS Commerce, and Suzzle. Ranked in the top 10% of all podcasts globally, the Omnitalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week, too. Today is April 27th, 2023. I'm your host, Ann Mazinga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss the top five most important headlines from the past week highlight how the physical, digital, and human elements of retail are evolving to shape the future. Chris. Yes, Anne. This is our, we're like, we're back for a week. We're back for a week, yes, one week. And then Monday. Monday. We're headed out out the door. We're going to Lisboa. Lisboa. I think that's how you say it, right? Lisboa. We're going to get so many complaints from, I think that's what the Portuguese say. The Portuguesa. I don't know. Oh my God. You should stop. But we're going to to Barcelona after that for Shop Talk Europe, right? Yes. We're going to get kicked out of Lisbon for Chris (laughs) making inappropriate comments about how to say things in Portuguese. No, I think that's how you say it. I'm going to look it up as we go. Dan Fon. Correct. Right, right, right. Uh, But yes, then we're headed out to Shop Talk in Barcelona. Yes, yes. We're going to be live streaming there all week with uh, courtesy of Shopreem. Yes. we've had on our podcast as well. We've got interviews lined up with uh, Carrefour, Carrefour, Marks and Spencer, John Lewis. I'm pumped about that. The yeah. chief operating officer of John Lewis has said he wants to be interviewed by us. So we're looking forward to that. Hopefully all that stays as planned because you never know with the never state know. of interviews and where people are and how busy they get. But I'm excited, Anne. I am too. I can't wait. Like I'm- Barcelona is going to be a beautiful city. The my We've been talking because we've been prepping our panels because yeah. there was just Shop Talk was just five weeks ago. And now we're we got right into prepping our panels for this, and we both have had some good conversations about what's going to be covered on stage. So I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm pumped. We I, I'm really pumped about my panels. I got like a how the future of in store retailing is changing. I got a VC panel. What's on the horizon for investments? I'm pretty pumped. You're scaring the crap out of everybody about AI yesterday, including me. Yeah, yeah, really cool, really good VC who's very articulate about AI. I can't yeah. wait to talk to her. Well, it's Rebecca gonna, Hunt. It's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to it. We're a reminder, a show note reminder that we are off next yes. week, but we will return from Barcelona the following week. Yes, we will. We will back to be back to our regularly scheduled program and on May the fourth. Yes, May oh, the fourth be not with May you. The and it's yes. going to be May the tenth. Oh shoot! It's May the tenth. You're right. Oh, you're not going to be able to gotta, do May the fourth. Darn, you're right. Got to rewrite the newsletter for that one. Fourth, oh man. Seventh. No. Uh, what yeah. day is it going to be? Uh, the eleventh. Yeah, the eleventh. God, let's do math in our Four heads. Four plus seven. Quick. Oh, we we're going to miss May the fourth. Oh, bummer. All right. Well, May he, the fourth. Chris will find out anyway. how to say May the fourth be with you in Portuguese, <laughs> and it'll be choppy and it'll be terrible, and we'll tell you all about it when we're back on May eleventh. Oh, cuatro de mayo, Ed. That's Spanish. In today's fast five, right? You're right. In today's fast five, we've got. News on a North Dakota convenience store chain rolling out Amazon Palm payments. Mm-hmm. Brands reportedly pulling back on their ad spend with Pinterest. The return of Missy, Mrs. Omnitalk's favorite made-up online holiday, Pet Day, this year, which is also replete with Dolly Parton. Can't wait oh, to yeah. talk about that. New York City's plans to build up to 20 micro-hubs for delivery throughout the city. But we begin today with big news out of Ikea. And yes, headline number one. That's right, Chris. IKEA said today that it plans to invest $2.2 billion in the U.S. market. So according to Reuters, IKEA plans to open eight new big IKEA stores that we all know and love 
But then they're also opening nine smaller stores as well as making upgrades to existing stores throughout the U.S. So the new stores, including nine plan and order points that are smaller stores where customers can get advice and order furniture for delivery, are in addition to the already planned IKEA openings in downtown San Francisco and Arlington, Virginia. Uh, Tolga Anjou, I looked that up. That's how you pronounce nice. it. Nice. Well done. You're welcome. Uh, head of IKEA Retail and Inca Group has had this to say about the move. Quote, there are locations available that have not been available before, and there are opportunities for us to speed up investments in acquiring land and existing locations to bring IKEA closer to the many people. End quote. Yes. Chris, what are your thoughts on this uh, IKEA investment in the U.S.? Ooh, I, I love this story. Yeah. It shows you how smart IKEA is. I think- Particularly at a time, man, when Walmart, Wayfair, and Target are probably breathing a collective sigh of relief right now, given all the Bed Bath & Beyond news. Sure. Because they're thinking, oh, yeah, we're sitting pretty. We're going to pick up share. We're going to rake it in. But Ikea is going for it. Like, yeah. same week, they're like, we're going for this market. And to me, the big story in this headline is that the big loser is actually Wayfair. Yeah. Uh, Wayfair, for lack of a better way to put it, Ed, effed up this opportunity <laughs> on a golden platter, in my opinion. Explain yourself. Because they've had they've had seven to ten years to get into IKEA's space and they've done nothing with it. And I know they've been thinking about it for that long. So and there's a rumored IKEA style play from our internal sources that's on the horizon in the in the always uh, ominous sometime in 2024 play, yep. which seems really far out too mm-hmm. to be making that move, especially how much time you've had to do this. And so to me, I'm curious if the wind by this announcement, that window has effectively closed for Wayfair. And because Wayfair, Wayfair, on the other hand, all they've done so far is they've run small store left, entirely left brain tests mm-hmm. in malls in Boston yep. to try to understand physical retail. They have no idea how to do it. So that's going to take a long time to build the muscle memory up. Ikea has been doing it forever. Mm-hmm. So they've got the leg up here. So I think the window is closing for Wayfair very quickly, which we've hinted at and warned them of for a long time. They haven't gotten their asses in gear. So once again... Said it a couple weeks ago, Mazel tov, my Swedish friends. I salute you and your stores are the perfect. And the other thing is their stores are the perfect design for great omni-channel retailing. Absolutely. Showrooms in the front, fulfillment centers, micro-fulfillment centers in the back. The world's their oyster. That's my thoughts, Ann. Yeah, you. I love this too. And I, it reminds me of that. There was a presentation that you did like years ago where you used Ikea as, as it, like you're talking about this exactly, yep. like your swingers presentation. Yeah. About, like how an omnichannel experience should be like a swingers party, uh, but <laughs> which you need to go into in much more detail. But at the base of that, it's just talking about how n- all the things that we were talking about that they could do, where they could implement technology in the store to make that experience even better has been done with some of these stores. Um, I love the the ship from home, like being able to have access to an Ikea, um, you know, go through that experience. And especially with the virtual assistant that we talked about last week to like be able to kind of sample that and then take the virtual assistant and start to do that at home. They are Ikea is just leveling up in every way possible this year. And I'm going to make an early prediction that they may be my retailer of the year this year. Ooh, that's a really good call, given all the initiatives they rolled out, like the virtual assistant, the returns program, the expansion of stores. That's, that's a really, really they great might call. They might they be. They might be. Wow. You don't usually go out on a limb like that, I don't. Man. I don't. How are you feeling on that branch? That's, that's a... That's a is it a firm branch or is it a? 
I, I feel short, like it's skinny. Branch. I feel like it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty stable. Firm, pretty you know, firm. like if we have a real bad like okay. windstorm, I could be in some trouble. But I feel okay. like I'm balancing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can't think of anyone that would actually top my list above that right now, like off the top of my head. So yeah. I think that's a good call. All right. right. Headline number two: Convenience store chain Enerbase. That's a fun one. And a first-time call-out on the Fast Five, I might add, Anne. Yes. Is piloting Amazon One Palm Payments. Uh, you guessed it, Anne. Three stores in North Dakota. Why not? Did not, not guess. Did not guess North Dakota. <laughs> According to Payments Dive, through and through an Amazon spokesperson, the stores are the first traditional convenience stores to try the Palm Pay technology, which I did not know. I didn't realize they were the first convenience stores yeah. to try Palm Pay. Up until now, Palm Pay had been mainly tried within airports, sporting arenas, and within Amazon's own stores themselves. The tech will be deployed at Enterbase's Corner Express, North Broadway, and Travel Plaza locations, all in Minot, North Dakota. And yes. I have two questions for you. This is a two-parter. You get a two-parter here oh, on God. this fine Thursday morning. One, my first question is, is this a sign that Palm Payment is about to cross a chasm of user adoption? And my second question is actually an interesting, what's next for this from A&M? So I'm going to hold oh. that to put you on the spot okay. after you answer the first one. So what are your thoughts on the first one? Well, first of all, I'm really glad that you brought this story to the Fast Five. This was not on my initial list, um, but I'm I'm so thrilled that you did because it's the first convenience store chain. But I also think that it's applications like these in Minot, North Dakota, mm -hmm. in the center of the country, that are really going to start to help with mass adoption of this as a payment platform. And I think it's also going to continue to be kind of the gateway drug into Amazon's other technology. Enerbase doesn't have as much concern competitively with Amazon as some of the other retailers, I don't think. So I think this could be like, see how adoption goes with your consumers there. But then it could open up to cashierless checkout, especially in those more rural areas where you have trouble staffing some of your convenience stores. And, and that's actually a great point. Before yeah. we get to the second question, yeah. like, I, you know, yeah, I actually have to wonder now at this point, is Amazon just better off license the, licensing the technology for Go than Perhaps. even trying to do any of their stores themselves? Perhaps. This is a topic we haven't really talked about on the show. It's a great point. The other thing I would just say, too, about this is that before you get all like, they're going to put a tracker, tracker right. in my ass kind of comment about <laughs> the like, Chicago the, airport. Yeah, the palm payment yeah. thing. They, this is not the only payment option. Right. This is just another payment option, which I think is smart to do so you don't get people freaked out. They can still have their normal yep. experience, yep. but you have this extremely convenient option, especially when you're on a major freeway like you are in, in North Dakota and to be able to just you know be a trucker and go in and scan in and scan out if you want. Great point. So yes, you think this is a this could be the sign that we're crossing the chasm with this, this technology as a form of payment. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I tend to agree with you, but I'll hold my thoughts until I give you the second part okay. of your two-part question yes. today. And all right, the second part is the Anna put you on the spot question, and here it is. We will likely continue to debate the balance between an improved customer experience versus the potential loss of checkout sales by implementing technology like Amazon One for a while, especially in C stores. Beyond that, what opportunities does it afford retailers and CPGs down the road when you start to know who a customer is, potentially the moment they walk in the store, Ann? Yeah, I think this is a really important thing to call out and brought to mind at one of the conversations that I'll be having on stage with Tracy Clements. She's the CEO of uh, BP oh, cool. in Europe. And one of the things that we were talking about, especially she was talking about there, they have a big EV uh, push right now. So creating stations and really reimagining what the, the convenience store and gas or not gas EV recharging experience yeah. is going to look like. And the way that she was talking about it is actually that 
they're focused so much on the upfront part of connecting with the customer. So enhancing the consumer app, because it's going to be much more about like, I'm going to be going to that store. I see a fueling station or an EV charging station that's on my way. So it's tying everything, loyalty, payment, all these other like reservation apps, other things that are going to be in that customer experience so that you as a CPG or as a retailer can start targeting promotions. You can start getting to that consumer, knowing who that consumer is, what their history has been to serve up a completely personalized experience. And I think that's where things like this are going. When you know who they are before they get into your store, that experience becomes uniquely theirs and develops continued loyalty or drive to your store versus another. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. People are going to be upset that we're agreeing so much I on know. this show. Hopefully we find some points of, of disagreement here. But yeah, no, I I love it too, Anne. I mean, I I think the point that comes back to me on the crossing the chasm con- point, and then I'll get to the A&M question, is it's something you, you brought up to me, like I think it was like on a show a month or two ago, where you're like, it's better than Apple Pay. Mm-hmm. It's simpler, it's easier to use. So I think that's essentially what we're looking at. So you've got you got the point where this is just a better option and so when a convenience store chain in freaking North Dakota, right. my not North Dakota, gives right. us a go, just like Apple Pay and just like the Starbucks app before that, remember you know, when we were talking about that before everyone was really on board with that and people yeah. were still surprised when we'd use it in a Starbucks, like, I think this shows us this thing is coming now. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about this, and I can't wait for it, but the crazy thing about this too is like, that means a whole nother revenue stream for Amazon. Right. They're in payments across the country. Yep which is not something we've really talked about on this show to that degree, I think, either. And not something the audience is probably really also thinking about. So, like, that's another great step to augment your business model. Payments and consumer information. Well, that's a second point. Like, history, that's, yeah. Yes, that's a second point. So, to get to the AM question, I'm not, I'm not sure actually how much pre-shopper knowledge there is in this tech, you know, as it's constituted, as we just described sure. it, as a substitute for Apple Pay. Because for that you have to require you have to require more than a sc- you, you have to require a scan when you enter mm-hmm. or you have to have computer vision installed. So there's more to it to get to that. But I think right now it's just a simpler way to pay. But all the eventual loyalty tie-ins with like we saw with Prime potentially in the Panera example a mm-hmm. couple months a month or yeah. two ago as well. Yeah, that's the value for CPGs here. Right, enhancing the return on investment in the right placement of their media against the correlated data that they're going to get from this type of experience as a as as opposed to just knowing who I am when I walk in. Right. Like that to me is far more valuable here in the long run than the the pre-knowledge of who I am as a consumer. Absolutely. That's how I'd answer that yep. question. 100%. Um, let's move on to headline number three. Uh, Amazon's second annual pet day is taking place on Tuesday, May 2nd through Wednesday, May 3rd. According to Chain Store Age, what was initially introduced as a 24-hour event last year now is back and better than ever because it returns as a 48-hour extravaganza this year. Of course, Pet Day will feature discounts on products, and Amazon Prime members will also receive a savings of up to 50% on iconic pet movies and shows on Prime Video. What What is an iconic pet movie for you, I, by the way? I, when I was writing this up, I was like, what is that for you? I have that in my questions for you. I was like, what is the most iconic pet movie you can think of? We've been playing this game with my son for like baseball, football, like trying to think yeah. of all these things. For me, um, I, I, there's a lot of them that came to mind, but probably, ooh, Milo and Otis. Do you remember that? Milo movie? and Otis, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, Benji's the one that I always think about. But funny, I we're funny, old. I know, funny, I know, right? Funny, but I actually was thinking about showing my kid Old Yeller tonight. 
because he needs to get taken down a peg, and that oh movie God. is so depressing. Oh so I think I'm going to give him that, and I'll let I'll have to report back on how that goes. Good luck <laughs> to you. Uh, my God. So anyway, back to Pet Day, and the Amazon Live live stream platform will also play a role in Amazon Pet Day as country music star Dolly Parton, founder of the Doggy Parton, yes, that's a real brand of pet <laughs> products, will give a special performance on the platform. That's that's enough for me alone. I go see Dolly. Doggy Parton? Yeah. No, not Doggy Parton. I would go see Dolly perform live. Oh, for sure. Uh, but, but Chris, what are your thoughts on this is great as the dog owner uh, at the table on the podcast here? Uh, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, the funny thing about this to me, Ed, is like, you know, doggy part, like what's next? You've got pet day. Like what's next? Trim my toenails day. That's how I think about this. But like at the same time, it matters. And Amazon is really smart about this. You could have any category killer day Mm -hmm. that you want multiple times also throughout the year. It doesn't have to just be one day. You can have pet day. You can have OTC stock. I was going down the rabbit hole of this. You could have OTC stock up day. You could have baby days, you know, Mm -hmm. target. We used to have baby weekends. Like why don't, why doesn't, why hasn't Amazon got on the baby day thing? That totally makes sense. But the list is endless. Yes. And they're all potential examples of brilliant merchandising that Amazon will continue to use to steal share from everyone else. So I, I love it. It's great. They're expanding it. What the hell? Keep going, Amazon. Give us all these days because yeah. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poo poo any of them for sure. I mean, I think that you're right. You have I mean, Petco, Chewy, PetSmart, all of those retailers, even Target and Walmart. Well, like along. you have to now. You have to pay attention to yet another holiday that Amazon's going to offer, and they have so much in their Amazon offering set, like movies and all these other right. things. That now, I mean, the clip your toenail day is kind of hilarious, but it's also like you know that's what PetSmart, Petco. Some of these other brands with retail locations, like that's where you're going to have to beef it up because you can go in and do a clip your toenail date in addition to meeting all of the other requirements that, you know, Amazon or meeting all the other sales that Amazon's got going on. It's a job we all need to get done, Ann. Yes. I think, you know, it's, I don't know. We're going to have to, we're going to have to continue to figure out how to keep up with them one way. Uh, one way or another. So net net, you like this too. We're I do agree like again. it. I think it's a Third great move for row. the ba- brands too. Like this is great. Yeah. Like if I'm Purina, like wonderful. I'll I'll do a special offer and yeah. get more information about my customers and yeah. Yeah, great. I could actually make the argument that Amazon is moving too slow on rolling this out to other categories. Like why aren't they? Why doesn't that already exist yeah, in our know. parlance, in our language as a know. consumer? I that's that's my take right now. All right, before we get to headline number four, this is also the part of our podcast where we tell you about another great retail conference Anne and I are heading to to this summer, and that is the Retail Innovation Conference and Expo. As one of Chicago's most famous fictional citizens once said, Anne, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. If you're feeling stuck in the day-to-day and daydreaming about all the things you could and would improve, if only you had the time and inspiration, make like Ferris Bueller and take a day off. In fact, why don't you take three while you're at it, Anne? The Retail Innovation Conference and Expo is the perfect opportunity to step away from the everyday and experience what's next in retail via 100 sessions, show floor activations, magnificent mile store tours, and so much more. So, come on, live a little. Visit omnitalk.rice.events to learn more and be sure to secure your all-access pass by May 18th to save $400. That's omnitalk.rice.events. All right, and headline number four. Ferris Bueller, Matthew Broderick, when he was saying that, like, life moves pretty fast. Maybe one of the hottest 
Whoa! People I've seen in a movie. Whoa! Theater. What? Like just you reading that? Matthew again, I was like, Broderick? Oh god! I remember when I saw that movie for the first time, and I was like, oh, Wasn't man, he in a towel cute. too during that scene? I yeah. think he. Wow! Oh my god! He's Not like with the towel wrapped around his head. Yeah, I think he might have been. Yeah. Yeah. Wow! Life moves pretty fast. So unexpected. Yeah. The Matthew Broderick teenage back in the teenage... day. He and Sloan, they were like the hottest couple on the. Yes. On the Hollywood scene. Yeah, I could go the same way with Sloan. All right. Brands are reportedly pulling back their advertising spend with Pinterest. According to Modern Retail, multiple advertising agencies told the media outlet that they are pulling back on Pinterest, citing overall weak performance metrics on the platform. One agency said 25% of its clients pulled off of Pinterest entirely, while another said its clients are spending over 30% less on Pinterest relative to the year before. And Pinterest CEO Bill Reddy mm-hmm. was really selling Pinterest hard on stage at Shop Talk just like a month ago. And honestly, people were buying what he was throwing down. Including the person sitting next yeah, to you. Yeah, including you. I'm going to call. Uh, yes. Thank you, for, thank you for admitting that. But they were buying it hook, line, and sinker. And so my question for you is how would you sum up what he was pitching versus what is being said in this story? How do you reconcile that, Anne? Yeah. I have learned after this and the Shekhar uh, story we did a couple weeks ago about quiet platforms that um, I am drinking stage presenter Kool-Aid lately. Like mm, it is my job. And yeah. I really, that's like where I need to do some work on that area. But because um, yeah, you're not like that generally, but yeah, no, stage but, presentations. But Shekhar at Manifest and Bill at Ready at, at um, Shop Talk, it was very compelling. I mean, I thought he made a case about why they are different from the competitor, the TikToks, the Instagram. Like, how would you sum which that up? Which is because you know consumers are come there for discovery, so very top of funnel. I'm looking to, re- like, I have a mission in mind, mm-hmm. and I'm collecting ideas and putting them on the page, and that's not the same mindset that you're going to TikTok or Instagram for. You're you're there for entertainment, and mm-hmm. Pinterest can be an entertainment thing for some people, but it's really about like compiling ideas and and discovery, and it seems to me like what he was talking about on stage, like, yes, you, this is the direct line to once I've des- designed this concept board of my new living room, I'm just going to click to buy right there. Like I have all of the things right there, but clearly from the people in the article, like that's not happening the way that he was talking about it happening on stage. They are developing, I think to Pinterest credit, a lot of tools to try to capture that. Yeah. But and so I don't think this is the end of no, Pinterest. I no. think this is just like... It's not even the end of the story. Oh, God, no. I don't yeah. think so at all. I think this is just, you know, every company right now pulling back on areas that they're not seeing a lot of quick ROI on. And that once Pinterest gets these attribution programs up and running, they'll be able to pitch it back to the brands and they'll be off to the races. Like, I just, I think this is just like a down a downtime for Pinterest. I don't think this is the end of that. I think they're still in a really good position to be able to make that one click to buy better. Yeah, so I mean, the, the way I, the way I frame up what you said is like on stage, I think he even might have used these words too. I'm not sure, but I'm paraphrasing here. So just to be clear, is like he said, there's a high intent to purchase when you use Pinterest. Yeah. Like you're 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 going to purchase something at some stage. Yeah. Which I can agree with, but I was very skeptical of what he said. And you and I talked about this a little bit in the halls and I talked about it with a few people on social media. And like you said, I think he's incredibly charismatic. Mm-hmm. He's likely a great salesman. But to say that he is the uncola, those are my words, not his, yeah. of social media. Like, yeah, and fair. that there's this virtuous stance that you people should be advertising with him because of there's no deleterious effects of our kids being on social media. That was a little hard for me to swallow. And 
it gets to the point of how people actually shop. Like, if you're actually on Instagram, and that's the part I took the biggest umbrage with, is like, if you're actually on Instagram or TikTok, mm-hmm. you're going to be inspired in the moment and yeah. you're going to close the deal. Yeah. With Pinterest, that's not the case. Like, yes, you might have an intent to purchase, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're going to have the intent to purchase in that moment. Right. It doesn't mean you're going to have the intent to purchase on Pinterest either. There's a ton of tools, once you know what you want, mm-hmm. to help you find what you want at a great value and a great price. You can think of all of them. Like, right. you could even search Instagram for those things. You could search TikTok for those things. You could search Google Fair. for those things. You could go to mm-hmm. a brand's website to find them and see what else they have that's like what you are looking and putting on your board. Right. So that's what I have questions about. So net net. My takeaway is people shop the way they shop, mm-hmm. and despite how people want to spin things, you can't get around that fact. Right, and I think that it's kind of hilarious to think that Pinterest won't be going more towards entertainment too, to like bring you know shoppable video into pins so that people can like can interact more the way that they are on Instagram and and TikTok. So I, you're right. Yep. I'll take I'll take the I fell for it again. So we agree now, but we disagreed before. That's the takeaway here, right? Yes. Yes. Correct. All right. Awesome. Correct. Awesome. All right. Headline number five. New York City plans to test what it's calling micro hubs throughout the city. According to Supply Chain Dive, the micro hubs in the city will provide designated curbside or off street locations for trucks to unload items onto low emission transportation modes like electric vehicles or cargo bikes for last mile delivery. The city plans to launch up to 20 sites to test both curbside and off-street delivery sites within the program's first phase beginning this summer and extending into the fall. Chris, what are your thoughts on the city creating these micro-hubs? Yeah, wow. Uh, I don't know. I'm curious what you're – I have no idea where your head is on this one. I mean, we talked about this a little bit yesterday yeah. in preparation for the show. I have no idea where you landed, but I'm conflicted, you okay, know, quite why? honestly. I mean – you know, I, th- I think about the idea itself conceptually in a big city like New York. I think it makes sense. The amount of deliveries being made every year by way of e-commerce are just going to continue to grow. So that's going to lead to incredible congestion as you think about all the, especially in New York, all the people double parking to make a yep. delivery. It's got to be insane. Yeah, the case is there for sure. Yeah, so you get the point. But I have two concerns with it. Okay. One, I don't see this having applicability throughout the rest of the U.S. Like hmm. I hope, I hope other city officials don't take this same page out of New York's book and try really? to start copying it. No, I don't because it's just a, it's it, we don't have the urban. I mean, maybe some cities, but generally the suburban sprawl of the U.S. I don't think makes this applicable to every every municipality. But then the second part, I'm all for infrastructural investments, but that also raises a whole host of questions for me. Like, who's going to manage these hubs? Who decides who can use them and when? And then why wouldn't the 3PLs just build this themselves right. as well and try to do it better and more efficiently? I don't want to get political here, but like that's kind of where my head is. So net net, I, I just don't know what to make of it, but I'm curious. Uh, what do you think? So I, I would disagree with you saying that there's not a need for this in other cities. I think what I, hmm. I think we may agree on is that I don't think the cities should be in charge of this. I think that is a terrible idea. First of all, because... New York City last fall decided they were going to take empty newsstands and convert them into like charging hubs, shelter, toilets, like things yeah. for the, all the deliveristas that <laughs> go all. That's what they're called, deliveristas, according to the New York uh, Department of Transportation. Oh my god! But they still are struggling to get those out. Yeah. Like gr- great initiative, all these good intentions behind it, but it's still run by a city that has no experience with logistics technology, no experience running these types of hubs. Like they can't even get the rest stop stations set up. This is going to be a total crap show, gong show, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. It's going to be a disaster. And exactly to your point, like 
if I'm FedEx or UPS, do I am I going to trust my packages with a city? Like, I, I have no idea right. that if you as the city say that a package has been left there now that I try, I'm going to trust the city developing their technology right. for the first time over my logistics technology as FedEx or UPS or someone else. And then there's 23 providers that they got inputs from. So it's not just the big players. Oh, no, it's also the small players. And it's just I like I'm picturing this room that's just full of crap, like so full of junk. Like and all the like packages that get stolen, like who's yeah, going like, to be it, in charge of this? It's like and, a bigger version of the apartment buildings package room. Totally. Right? And yeah, then right. lastly, true, lastly, I think about the consumer part of this. Yeah. If I don't get my package as a consumer, what happens if it's at the delivery hub yeah. in my neighborhood? Like, am I going to? FedEx? Am I going to the retailer? Am I going to the right. city? Like, do I have to call three one one to try to get the location of my package? That sounds like an absolute disaster. So my fear here is that cities around the Woo! world that are urban cores are going to see this. It's going to fail miserably, and then they're going to kill the whole idea for the private parties that could do this yeah. well and could execute well and need the cities to change legislation so that they can actually put a micro hub in a retail location or something like I, I think the idea is solid but I think it's going to get killed because it's going to get ruined by this so so you're saying you don't like this no <laughs> I, I will say this though Ed in closing like it will move the light around like I think you did help me see the light there too about the point about suburban. Like, yeah, actually, target sortation centers as an example are just a sure. horse of a different color of this. It's right. just what size and scale are you doing this to help consolidate deliveries and make them more efficient. So yes. yeah, there's probably applicability everywhere. It probably already kind of exists too if you stop yeah. and think about it. Right. All right, let's do the lighting round. Okay, Chris, Craft Real Mayo proved that expressing your love for mayonnaise can boost your appeal on the dating scene by launching a swipe right for mayo campaign where dating app participants could express their love for mayo on their profile. And it worked. Those who did put the mayo on their profile received a 74% increase in matches and a 16% increase in first messages received. Chris, if you had to take a product, a divisive product, okay. and put it on your dating profile, or what would that be? What would okay, your so you're saying be? like, so I'm basically showing people that I like mayo. And it's because a deal I'm breaker. showing that. Like either yes mayo or yeah, no mayo. Gives me credence to another idea we've had in the past. But yes. um, for me, it's not a product. It's an activity. Hiking. I would put a dis. What? I hate hiking, and so I don't want anyone swiping on me oh my that God. likes hiking. I hate hiking. I hate it. Think- it's terrible. I'm so glad you it's don't my have least to have favorite a thing dating to do on vacation. Right yes, I those hate. are like the picks that do the best on the dating profiles. It's like you on I know. a mountain. Get you know? rid of that crap. Yeah, I know. Everyone has that on their profile. Get <laughs> rid of that crap. Sort through it. For Why me. do you hate hiking so it's, much? It's, it's just, outdoors. It's so it's boring. I'd rather hi- I'd rather visit a beautiful city, walk around, go in and out of bars, in and out of restaurants. So much more to do. So many more. So so much it's the more to bars see. that are the you can problem. meet people, talk to people. Like, who am I going to meet on a hike? I'm talking to myself. I'm looking at saguaro cactuses or like Maybe you need red some rocks or something like own. that. It just yes. doesn't make sense to me. All right. Oh my god. In observance of Mother's Day, Walmart yes. is giving away up to twenty thousand free one year Walmart Plus memberships as part of its new Mother of All Savings memberships. Yes. Campaign featuring moms like rapper Cardi B, actress Jenny Slate, and actress Stephanie Beatrice, who are all participating in the promotion and offering their personal quote motherhood hacks and yes if you could receive one mom hack from any mother living or dead who would it be i kind of have a problem with all of these celebrity moms doing this because they're not like real mom i mean they're real moms but they don't they have like assistants and other people to help which every that's like the ultimate mom hack would be an assistant to just follow yeah. you around right and, right or Good a nanny point. or yes, something right 
But I think I would say um, Tina Fey because oh, right. I think she has somehow found a way to keep humor in into motherhood, and I think that's like the ultimate mom hack. That's a good point. So there's a little disingenuity in this campaign is what you're saying. Yeah, it's too, not just a Walmart Plus membership that's making motherhood better. Well, that does help a lot of things, but like Cardi B, mm, I'm sorry, Cardi B, you have like 15 assistants. We've seen it on TikTok. Like (laughs) if I could have 15 assistants, I'd hack life too. Yeah, right. Maybe that's the hack, right? Like you said. All right. I like the Tina Fey call out. Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond is closing all their stores, liquidating all their merchandise Mm. and those 20% off coupons that we all have come to know and love. Did you know they're actually like selling those on eBay? Yeah, and they're redeemable at the container store too. Did you see that? The container no, store went out and said, smart. "Yeah, they went out and said we will honor any Bed oh Bath God. and Beyond coupon." I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, now the Bed Bath and Beyond coupon is null and void. Uh, but I want to know what product would you get to a Bed Bath and Beyond store right now to get a sweet deal on? That's so easy. And the Slap Chop. I want a Slap Chop. I Have wonder- you seen how that thing chops onions? I've never tried one, but I want to oh chop God. some onions with that thing. Like, it's yeah. crazy. And that guy in the commercials. I know. Whoa. Great. Yeah. They, I know. I wonder, like, what's the first to go? Do you think the as-seen-on-TV shelves at Bed Bath yes. Beyond are, like, they're rated first yes. before the, like, towels and For sure. Covers? Those things will go on discount and just blow out because people are like, I w- I've always wanted to try these crappy products that I see, but I never want to spend now the full price for them. Off. Yeah, 100%. That thing will blow out. All right, and last one. McDonald's says that it will start selling Big Mac sauce dip cups in the U.S. for a limited time. Cancel Christmas starting April 27th. Does the idea of getting a side of special sauce gross you out or make your mouth water? Depends on what kind of special (laughs) sauce we're talking about. But um, I just saw an In-N-Out burger when we were there last week. You can get in and out sauce. I didn't in know a package. that either. They like looked under the oh. counter and grabbed it. And I was like, what? This is a thing? You have like packets of it? Oh, for so your anyway, fries and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I think if in and outs doing it, then McDonald's absolutely, this is smart. You should just do give all your, I mean, all the sauces should be available. They are at restaurants. Like, yeah. Yes. Why a limited time is my question, right? Like, just go all in on this special sauce Mc every Jesus day. McD's seen a decline. I people know. aren't people aren't supersizing. So I just heard it from the McDonald's CEO this morning. It's probably true. It's sad. So it's they, sad. They, Actually, they gotta, that's probably not sad. I'm glad people are not supersizing. It's probably not something. Well, it that might we be an indication of a recession yeah. of, upon oh, us. Oh, that's, that's true what, too. That's what he oh, thinks. Intru- oh, wow, that's fascinating too. Anyway, all right. All right well. That wraps up what was honestly, special sauce. Uh, was honestly a really fun show. I really liked the show. I thought it was insightful, and hopefully it made you a little happier and also a little smarter, too. Happy birthday today to Lizzo, yep. Jenna Coleman, and the woman who helped turn Shape of Water into an actual Oscar winner, Sally Hawkins. And no. remember, and you have no idea who that person no. is, No, Lizzo. I know who Lizzo is. <laughs> and remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it Omnitalk. The only retail media outlet run by two former executives from a current top 10 U.S. retailer. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us. And we do it all just for you. And we try really hard to make it all fit within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. As Anne said at the outset, we're off next week. So until May 11th. Yes. And on behalf of all of us at OmniTalk Retail, be careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast Five is brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group. The A&M Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. 
CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Firework. Firework is the largest video commerce solution built for the world's leading brands. They empower brands with shoppable and live stream video on their own websites where people like to shop. Put your commerce in motion with Firework. Find out more at firework.com. And SPS Commerce. SPS Commerce is redefining how businesses across the supply chain operate in an omnichannel world. Their experts, tech, and data work together to fuel your growth and deliver for your customers. To find out more, head to spscommerce.com. And finally, Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit sezzle.com. Thank you.